0: Good evening everyone, Christina Young here. You're back with Gloucester Book Club's podcast and in tonight's book lounge I'm so lucky to be joined by Christine Jordan one of our local authors. Tonight we're going to be talking about one of Christine's new books which was published in July 2022 by Bloodhound Books and it's called Mispa. It's written under the pen name CJ Claxton. A woman's life spirals as she lives in fear of a faceless online enemy who may have already committed at least one murder. 10 years ago, Sophie Shaw vanished. Kat, a technician who works in a DNA testing lab, is still haunted by the unsolved disappearance. And when she notices a suspicious tweet about the case online, she calls in a tip. A few weeks later, she learns that a man is being questioned and drunkenly sends out a tweet of her own, boasting about her role in this breakthrough by the police. But the man is released and Kat quickly finds herself back on Twitter, navigating through the abusive messages she's received and initiating an angry exchange with the anonymous man she's convinced has escaped justice. Unfortunately though, She failed to hide her real identity, and soon she starts feeling paranoid about every man she encounters. As her drinking escalates and her life begins to fall apart, it's unclear whether someone is really out to destroy her, or if she is destroying herself. Welcome, Christine. Thanks so much for joining me here in our book lounge tonight. I'm so excited to talk to you about your latest crime novel, MISPA. So it's set in and around Gloucester, an area where we both live. Um, So a lot of the places mentioned in the book I know and are familiar to me. Tell us a bit about what this book's about.
1: Uh, Well, thanks for inviting me, Christina. Uh, This is my first podcast, so I'm really excited. The book is about a character called Kat. She uh, is single. She lives in Gloucester. She works as a lab technician just outside on the outskirts of Bristol. And 10 years, well, in 2008, so we dropped back 10 years, she witnesses or she almost witnesses an abduction. And this has affected her quite a lot. And she um, feels... Uh, Like it could have been her. And so she's Mm -hmm. never been able to forget this woman that was abducted. And 10 years later, on the 10th anniversary of her abduction, she still hasn't been found. So she's still Mm -hmm. a missing person. And so she trawls social media on the 10th anniversary and she comes across a very odd looking tweet. And she reports the person because she believes this person is the killer or abduct her. And so she reports it to Crime Stoppers. And that then kicks off a whole series of events, which brings her into danger and
0: all kinds of things. So that's basically <laughs> what it's about. I remember Kat, and she's quite a mixed up sort of character, isn't she? She seems like she's got well, maybe drink problems, alcohol problems going on in her life. Yeah, she does like a drink. <laughs> <laughs> she's sort of her habit is you know go
1: to work come home open a bottle have a glass of wine Mm. sit at Mm. the computer and sort of uh, she's obsessed really by this missing persons case I think because she thinks it could so easily have
0: been her because she was walking past at that a few moments later Yes I remember that from the novel actually and I actually know that car park that you mentioned in the novel and you know that whole thing where she feels that she's being followed in the car she's trying to get out through the barrier isn't she and how yeah. was that sent shivers down my spine when I read that it was so well written. Oh, um fantastic. Yeah <laughs> and partly because I know the area as well it made me think I'm not going down there. It is that kind of interesting as well christine because we know because we live in this local area of gloucester in the uk that a woman was actually murdered in that area wasn't she really in real life she was
1: yes a woman called anna mcgurk i can't mm. remember the year that it happened but i believe at the time the car park was very badly lit i don't i don't know if it still is i don't actually use it so and so <laughs> i wouldn't use it in the dark yeah there's a plaque um, on just off the path there, a, a tiny mm. at ground level, um, mm. which is a memorial
0: to Anna. It's very okay. sad. So, is that where you kind of where the idea came for the book, or, or wasn't that a part of it at all? The idea, you know,
1: the plot, the storyline, didn't come from Anna, but I think I probably somehow subliminally thought that that was a dangerous place in Gloucester, and that's where. I start the book. That's where the abduction yeah. takes
0: place. Yeah. Tell us about some more of these characters in this book, because there is a, a very nasty character, the murderer. It's a bit about him. Well, he's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> he, um He's got some very odd views about women. He, he, he started off really, I suppose, as an opportunist, um, and just saw somebody one evening. Who looked a little bit worse for wear and decided that he was going to mm. abduct her. Mm. Um, and then he and then he he decides he's going to go. He goes to Bristol. Sorry, the first one is in Bristol, and I think then he goes to Cardiff. Then he abducts somebody in Swindon, and, and obviously he's already abducted. So be sure. So he's trying to be clever by using different places and not treading the same boards, if you like. This, you know. So. Yeah. He's,
0: De, you know avoid detection I remember re- reading some bits of the novel are quite graphic the bits that he is kind of narrating really isn't it uh, uh, his thought processes are coming through in some of the chapters and some of the bits are quite graphic how do you manage to put yourself in the mindset of a serial killer is that something that you had to do quite a lot of research about or is it something you just interested in I am I'm, I'm interested in the subject because I'm
1: I'm interested in um, just how people can disappear and never be Mm. seen again. And, and, you know, that kind of it's almost a morbid bit of a morbid fascination. Um, Mm. So that that interests me. And it also interests me, you know, the poor families that live with all that uncertainty Mm. and they never get to know what's happened. Um, I think Mm. that's just horrendous, really. So I was kind of interested in the whole topic of missing people but i also i also watch a lot of these crime documentaries you know on um, on netflix and so forth and uh, yes. i've i've seen a lot of um, actual interviews with serial killers and with murderers so i've mm. i watched a lot of those to try and get inside the head of the killer to try and think yeah. why he does it what he gets out of it why he targets yeah. people he does that kind of thing so i think mm. that's how i was able to sort of because the, the the book is written from two points of view. It's written from Kat's point of view, but it's also written from the point of view of the murderer. So we yes. just get into
0: his head quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, and why he likes doing the things he does. I really like the way you did that because, you know, one chapter we're with Kat and then the next chapter, you know, we're, we're with, I can't remember his, well, I can't, I can't give his name because <laughs> that would be a spoiler. we with <laughs> we're with the killer and you know you spend a lot of the I was spending a lot of the book trying to work out you know who this guy is and um and at the end and I'm not going to tell you who it is I think that was done so well because it kept me guessing right to the end and I was quite surprised when I found out I just thought that is so you've done that really really well you know for that for it being your first your debut crime novel it really kept me guessing and uh i i liked all of that because we had this this woman who's cat who's a little bit off the rails with her drinking and you know she is quite obsessed isn't she with finding out who killed sophie Shaw and you know her disappearance
1: yeah she starts to be a bit paranoid as well doesn't she
0: about everything that's
1: gone in her life
0: yeah yeah really trust body no it's sort of you know and, and and then that with the Twitter stuff going backwards and forwards, she gets some quite nasty stuff coming at her from Twitter, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did research that because um, so somebody's written a woman has written a book about um, incels on, oh, on yes. online, yep. and um, I did a little bit of research on that. And the kind of things that people say to women on Twitter I was quite mm-hmm. appalled by. But, um, yeah, Kat gets quite a lot of trolling and abuse and all sorts of things. She gets called a feminazi.
0: (laughs) A feminazi, right. Okay, right. Yeah, I remember that bit. And I I remember thinking, you know, um, you kind of try and shield yourself from that sort of stuff, don't you? But actually somewhere in your brain, you know, it goes on. But when you read it on a page, it does. It is shocking, isn't it, to you, I think. I mean, I I, obviously I'm on Twitter. I
1: have to be to promote, you know, the book and and me as an author. But I've never had any um, uncomfortable encounters on Facebook or Twitter. But, you know, I do know they're out there and I do know, know certain women do get an awful lot
0: of abuse. I think one of the things that was really good as well about your book, Christine, was that it does bring into sharp focus how women. Are viewed by certain men who, when you know you're reading it, you kind of think, "Gosh, you know, there are really men out there who feel these this way about women." Hyper scary, really. It is. It is. But I think at the same time, you know, you you can protect yourself
1: from from all of this if you don't, you know, launch in a into a conversation that you know is already toxic. (laughs) You know, and I and I, if I see anything toxic on there, I just I just move away from it.
0: Scroll on. Mm. I think when we met you in our book club meeting, I think several of us at the end of it went away because we talked so much about what happened in this book. We all went away with our sort of car keys in our hand ready for anybody (laughs) who might get us on the road you know back to our cars because it is you know you suddenly confronted with this and you think oh you know it's dark I'm just going back to my car now and of course this is what happens in the book isn't it you know um certainly for Sophie and that car park so yeah it was it certainly created fear and scariness I think in quite a few of us how do you go about creating a character when you're thinking about how to create do you have like some people I know are authors have kind of like I don't know pin boards where they sort of stick things on and stuff but you do you do that sort of thing Christine, or is it something else you use no I don't do any of that um, to be honest I, c- I can't
1: remember creating Cat as a character I don't know if she just no. developed on the page um, mm. I do know that this is the first novel that I'd ever plotted because I don't normally plot novels But I did actually sit down once I'd got, so I got the idea one evening because I was actually on Twitter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was trawling through some stuff and I did come across a tweet about a missing person which made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when I got the idea. And I literally Mm -hmm. sat down probably within, probably an hour later, I had almost a complete plot with character names and
0: the killer worked out. Because crime is a new genre for you as an author, isn't it? I mean, I know you've written several other books, a lot of them being like historical fiction, really, haven't they? And nonfiction as well, I have to say. So this is your debut crime novel. So are you hooked now on this or are you are you going to be writing any more crime novels? I'd like
1: to, but I'm um, I'm going to be a bit busy <laughs> over the next year or so because I'm As you know i'm writing this trilogy so i've got to um i've got a deadline and i've got to stick to that so i might
0: if i get the time go back to the thriller genre so when you came to try and find a publisher for this for misper christine how did you go about that
1: i'd actually decided that i was going to give up writing because i'd i'd been i've been writing for almost 20 years you know mm-hmm. um and i I've, I've never this is my first book that's been my first novel should i say that's been yeah. traditionally published so i i was just i've had an agent i've had you know my book sent out to submission to new york agent uh, sorry new york publishers you know and it's a whole up and down up and down roller coaster ride of emotion of you know hit- exhilaration yeah. <laughs> and um you know total despondency because I was so hyped up when it was sent out to submission you know mm. to the big five publishers um, oh, wow. and my agent was so confident that it was going to sell and it didn't and uh, even he was shocked so yeah so I, I I, that's one of the reasons really I decided to change genre I thought I wonder if I've if I get any success in another genre and mm. it's just weird because I have <laughs> and um not thinking i'd ever get published so i sent misper out to a few agents literary agents Mm -hmm. um i then i had one agent interested but this bearing in mind this was during the pandemic and so Mm. it must have been early sort of 2020 and the you know everybody was on lockdown weren't they and, and furloughed so everybody yes. was taking out their opus magnus from their bottom drawer to, you know tidying it up and sending it out to agents so they were inundated with submissions so i was sort of amongst all that and um this one agent said she wanted to see the full manuscript but it but she had so many submissions it would take her some time to get back to me so in the meantime, okay. I decided I'd just send it to some independent publishers, one of mm-hmm. which was Bloodhound. They wrote right. back within a day, I think, and said they wanted to see the whole manuscript. And um, then I I, th- I think it. Yeah, no, I'd sent the whole manuscript initially. That's right. because It's to a publisher. You usually send the whole manuscript to a publisher, right. whereas to an agent, you'd only send the first three chapters. And Uh, yeah, that's it. And that's what happened. And I think it was two days later, I got a letter from them offering me a publishing contract, which was just so bizarre because I kind of given up. I'd I'd said to myself, if I don't get anywhere with agents, if I don't get anywhere with these publishers, that's it. I'm stopping writing. I'm just going to self-publish what I've already written and retire, essentially.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that because, you know, you put so much of yourself into writing, don't you, as authors, you know, and, and it must be soul destroying when you do and you just don't get an awful lot back from it. I mean, obviously it went through an editing process. Was there an awful lot of editing that needed to be done on this one? or? No, it was
1: uh, my editor was an author actually called Ian Skewis. He's a Scottish author and he's a crime author. And so I worked with him for a couple of months, probably. But there wasn't, you know, there was there was nothing structural there. Um he was quite happy with it really. There were just a few he thought <laughs> the main problem he saw with it was he thought Kat drank too much. So actually <laughs> actually the finished the finished version of MISPA, she actually drinks less than what I'd
0: originally written in there. So Oh really? <laughs> because when I read it I thought she's drinking quite a lot this lady so she was drinking even more than that in the original (laughs) in the original yeah so I toned it down a bit um I mean when
1: you get a copy edit it's really good because they'll notice things like well you had the character stood up but now they're sat down and when you write a book you you don't sometimes you miss stuff like that and even when you read it and edit it yourself you still miss things like that and you think oh yeah yeah and so you have to just tweak it a bit to you know make it
0: flow yeah. so it's the continuity you've got to get right as well so who came up with the title for it christina's mispo was that your idea or was that from the publisher
1: no that was the title i submitted and they didn't change it um, That's good. which which yeah. is sweet really because a lot of people don't understand <laughs> what it means but please explain to us. yeah so basically mispa is it's what the police it's the term the police use when they refer to missing persons so they'll yes. say we've got a mispa on our hands and everybody everybody in the police knows what a mispa is
0: so do you think that's that's the
1: term that's just used in the uk or i think it's pre- i think it's a uk police term mm. you know they love shortening stuff don't they You know, a twop
0: and a misper and (laughs) all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll have to explain what they mean to me because I've got no idea, Christine, on these things. A twop Um, is taken without owner's consent. You know, when you sit in (laughs) That's another thing I watch. So what's your typical writing day like? You know, do you get up and you're full of, you know, energy and you get right down to it? Or, you know, are you a late night, uh, you know, a a night owl with your writing? How do you how do you work? I'm very much a lark. Um, I'll get up in the morning and the first thing I'll
1: do is switch on the laptop, go and get my. I've got to have my shot of caffeine to wake me up. And then as I'm drinking coffee, I just set it all up, open the document I'm working on. And then I'll probably write till, you know, well, till I get hungry. Then I'll have some, (laughs) eat some breakfast. Then I'll go back to writing. Then I start after a few hours getting tired. (laughs) Mm. And then I think, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I get brain fog. Mm. And then that's Mm. probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. That's it for the day. And I'll I'll pack Mm. in till the next day.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's Quite a few hours, though, isn't it? When if you're starting really early in the morning, you're finishing around four. That is, you know, a, a full day's graft, yeah. really, yeah. with the writing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've done. Um, I don't know if any any of your podcasters have heard of Nano rimo Have you heard of that? I haven't heard of it.
0: Explain it to us. Okay,
1: so it stands for National November Writing Month. It's an oh. American thing. Um okay. and you basically go onto the website and sign up and you commit for in the month of November, you commit to writing fifty thousand words.
0: Wow. So
1: I've written and finished quite a few of my novels using nano because it gives you that motivation. And on mm. days when I'm writing, you know, for nano, I can write several thousand words in a day. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, I get neck ache. <laughs> and i have to stop <laughs> i'm not surprised do you have background music going on or do you write in silence complete silence i can't
1: complete silence. You know, i know a lot of people write with music in the background
0: i just find it such a distraction you can't order your thoughts when you've got all this other stuff going on in the background yeah I get, to be get honest, when,
1: when i'm in the zone and i'm writing i'm not even aware of often i'm not aware of the time i look up mm. and i think oh my god it's such and such a time I think if I had music on, I wouldn't hear it because I'd just be,
0: you know. you block it out. I'd be (laughs) so Yeah, you'll be in a car park somewhere murdering somebody, won't you? You know, you won't be listening (laughs) to music. (laughs) So um, tell us what's coming next, Christine. You mentioned earlier on that you're writing a trilogy at the moment. Tell us what that's all about. I'm fascinated by that. I'm writing... A trilogy, which
1: I'm I've called the Hebraica trilogy. It's basically a sort of multi generational family saga about the medieval Jewish community that lived in Gloucester. Cool. So that the first book, I my my title for it was Blood Libel, okay. um, and that's the book that I worked with my New York agent for about a year before he put it onto submission in New York. And it was rejected. So when I got the contract with Bloodhound Books for MISPA, I mm-hmm. knew they also publish historical fiction. So mm-hmm. I wrote to Betsy, who's the founder, and said, would you be interested in this and sent her the completed manuscript? And again, within about two days, she wrote back she said, yes, definitely. And then a whole mm-hmm. Kind of series of emails flew back and forth about using pen names and um, all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and she wasn't happy. She didn't like the title "Blood Libel," so it's now okay. going to be called "Sacrifice." Sacrifice. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's coming out. That's book one, and that's being published on the sixth of January, twenty
0: twenty-three. Okay. And
1: luckily for me, I'd already written book two. you know plugging away just writing as I do again my title for that is Massacre whether it whether it gets changed again by the publisher I don't know but that is going to be out on May the 2nd 2023 so as soon as I've finished copy editing Sacrifice which I'm doing at the moment Mm. I'm going to start with the with book two and then I've also got to write book three which at okay. the moment, my title is Expulsion. Um, okay. Again, that might change. I don't know. But that's the third mm. and final instalment. And that takes us up to, so it starts at 1167. And it and the um, trilogy takes us up to 1275, which is okay. when all of the Jewish community were expelled from Gloucester. By right. Queen Eleanor. <laughs> by, Queen Eleanor. <laughs> by Queen
0: Eleanor. They were destroyed. <laughs> all over the, you know, country, but most of them went to Hereford. That's so interesting, Christine, because when you came to our book club meeting, I think most of us in our group that had no idea whatsoever that there had even been a Jewish community in Gloucester, you know, back in the 12th century. You know, it was so fascinating to hear what you said about that and how they had to be moved on to Hereford. And then eventually, you know, they had to disperse throughout Europe kicked out didn't they at some point they were they were kicked out of Gloucester in
1: 1275 by Queen Eleanor but they were actually out by Edward the First in 1290 so they were kicked out of England just had to to,
0: spread out across Europe. it's so interesting all of that stuff I think the book is the books the trilogy is going to be amazing and I'll certainly want to read them when they come out. I'm sure that I've seen on Twitter Christine that Mm -hmm. you well it might be some it might be I can't remember if it's Twitter or Instagram. Are you not going to give some sort of in-person appearance in a Jewish synagogue in London at some point next yes.
1: year? So I I was invited I've been invited to the Finchley United Synagogue to Amazing. do a book launch, but um I'm also going to be doing a book launch at the Jewish Museum in London. Really? gosh that's amazing yeah. how do you feel about doing that um really excited yeah because um they apparently they're in the finchley united synagogue their rabbi he is um that's one of his hobbies the sort of um medieval anglo-jewish relationships and communities oh. so he's fascinated by all that and it just so happened that he'd heard about this book coming out and they approached mm. me and said would i do a book launch so i thought yeah so, yeah, I'm going to go into the synagogue and um, mm-hmm. talk about sacrifice. But it's mm-hmm. weird because I'll be talking to Jewish people and, you know, yeah. I don't know how much they know about their own history. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I might be telling granny to suck because I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll love it. I mean, have you, um, is there a sort of name for this trilogy? Have you got, um, you know, is there a collective name I'm for it?
1: It, the her Breaker trilogy whether whether the publisher will take that on board i don't know but her okay. just means anything
0: you know of jewish history culture you know okay fascinating i can't wait for that one to come out um, and i'm going to be looking at that and i think a few other people in our book group at the time were saying they would read it too and you know maybe we can invite you back to our book club or a podcast when it does come out next year so you can talk about that with us but yeah it'd be great to have you back i'm sure people will be really keen where do people find you, Christine? Have you got you on you're on Twitter? You are on Instagram? Where can we look for you? So I've got a
1: website which is just christinejordan.co.uk. Um, yeah. I have an Amazon author page. So if you were to just put in Christine Jordan, you could you'd be directed to that, and then you can see all my other books facebook author page which is just christine jordan author page Uh, i'm on instagram and i think that is just called christine jordan author page (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, where oh i'm on twitter uh, at cj gloucester cj is capitals and gloucester as a capital initial so that's at cj gloucester and um i'm also on tiktok I'm not not very good at that but I think that's also Christine Jordan author I think or it might be
0: Christine Jordan books I'm not entirely sure that's brilliant and if they want to buy your book um they can go on Amazon and buy it I presume and is there anywhere else that you recommend they try and buy it you can go to any bookstore and order it brilliant having you on the podcast tonight christine i've really enjoyed talking to you and as i say i hope we're going to have you back Uh, thanks to all the listeners out there for uh coming back to book lounge with gloucester book club and i hope you enjoyed listening to christine bye for now Thank you for listening to Gloucester Book Club's podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Google and Apple podcasts and many more. We look forward to having you join us again soon.